Uh, welcome to a little bit of a party. Uh, we have um, some reflections. I was actually getting just a little bit emotional. It's just kind of an incredible thing. Um, six years ago today, uh, there's, there's us and some friends of ours commissioning. That was our very first service, um, October 14, 2012. You can see that we've had a lot of changes, the logo and the graphics. And, you know, when we started this thing, uh, I don't know if you've ever started something, but there's a lot of insecurity and uncertainty that comes along with that. A lot of excitement, uh, a lot of hope and ambition, and a lot of wonder is like, is anybody actually going to show up to this this thing? So, <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was that. I think every Sunday since, I'm always surprised and delighted when everybody shows up. So that's, uh, we're always really grateful for all that God has done. And some of you were here six years ago on the opening day. So if you were here six years ago on October 14th, uh, would you just raise your hand? Is there anybody? Oh my goodness. Yay! Woohoo! All right. I see Clinton. And we've had some people who've been part of that journey from the very beginning, some people that we met that first day or just a few weeks prior to the launch and the start. And not just six years ago isn't really the very beginning of all of this. It was more like seven years ago um, at a rooftop bar in Puerto Vallarta. Um, Kevin and I had a conversation about where we felt like God was leading us at next. that table right there. Yeah, right at the back. <laughs> and um, there was a lot of 80s music involved. Um, but when we were sitting there having that conversation, we said, well, what would be five core key values that we feel like have marked our life up to this moment? and ministry that mark the life of Jesus and that are five values that we want to continue to live into. What do we see in the person of Jesus that we want to partner with and be part of? So we came home and talked about that with a group of friends um, on our deck, and many of you were there. And as we had those conversations, that was sort of the, well, maybe we should try this thing. And, And I wonder how, what might God do? And maybe we'll just sort of experiment and give it a shot. So we did, and that was six years ago today. So we'd like today just to thank God and remember. I don't know if you guys remember that in the Bible, um, we talked about this just a little bit ago with the um, purpose behind the tassels, that remember is a word in Hebrew, zahar, that has the connotation of thinking upon, but also action. And so when we remember things, it's not just with the purpose of going, oh, isn't that nice? And we'd like to celebrate that thing that God did, but it is also with the intention that we're going to continue to act on those things. So we're going to remember today. And we'd like to start by sort of talking about uh, a few of the things that happened this last year. Uh, Lindsay and I did Christmas in the park last year. We uh, decorated our little tree. We had a lot of fun. And we did that with our five core values, which are continuing to shape and mold who we are here at Spark. Uh, we also participated last year in the Palo Alto Prayer Walk. Um, and the, Oh, in January, yep, uh, for our Martin Luther King <clears throat> Jr. Day and, and continued to uh, bind ourselves together with our neighbors here in the greater Palo Alto, Mountain View, Silicon Valley area. Uh, I wanted to brag on my wife a little bit. Um, many of you know that we have a wonderful relationship with the Jewish community, and Danielle has been a part of speaking into that community and been a partner in teaching and sharing things about Jesus and even the New Testament commonalities and things. So she was a guest speaker. Spark was represented as, uh, as a guest at the Feast of Jewish Learning, which is a very rare occurrence. And then in addition to that, Danielle was also invited to speak at a conference in Michigan called the Institute of Biblical Context. And I just, um, th- this really is what, one, it's about my amazing wife and all the work and the study that she's done. I didn't make done. these slides, by the way, um, sir. 
yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's also really about us as a community. Honestly, the ability to go and do those kinds of events is because this community has come around and partnered with us and valued that kind of level of engagement, education, study, relationships with these communities. And it's just truly been an incredible experience to be invited into those spaces. And you all have been a part of making that happen. Yeah, and to that end, then we've uh, hosted some important film screenings this last year um, for inclusion of disabilities, for the issue of documentation, and um, and how we can best support our DACA brothers and sisters, um, for even the challenge of how do we deal with um, loved ones who are on any variety of continuation, including ourselves, of this journey with Jesus. Um, how do we have those conversations, and, and what do we do with that, and, and what can, how can we do that with love and grace Um, exhibiting our five values still. For those of you who were at the documented event, uh, you remember that it's talking about a very serious and uh, very real issue for people um, that sometimes make the news, but this is also about people that are in our community. And Jesus, who's part of our community, shared his story as a DACA recipient and what that means for him and how he has to live his life uh, with all of the things that are happening um, and that was a very real moment. It was also a partnership uh, event that we had with Etz Chaim, the synagogue here. Um, so that was a really beautiful thing. And then leaving my father's faith was a philosophical journey about, you know, one Baptist minister who is very, very famous, Tony Campolo, and his son, Bar Campolo, who has completely left the faith and the tension between those. And we had some wonderful people come from all sorts of different churches all over, and we shared and some amazing conversations there. And I just so appreciated that this community is willing to actually engage and reach in to that kind of conversation. One of the things that characterizes who we are um, that's just so beautiful. And I think, too, that then it's sort of like, well, as we've all continued to have these beautiful um, contentions with how we live out the way of Jesus, how do we continue to care for ourselves and care for others in that process? And so we invited Frank Rogers, who has been talking about um, compassion, practicing compassion and the way of Jesus, how that works in our world. And you guys all came on that beautiful retreat and wrestled and um, are continuing to wrestle with how do I live this out? How do I um, extend compassion for people that, for either myself and my relationship with Jesus or for others that I engage with? And then we also decided to travel even further than Santa Cruz Mountains and we headed to Israel. Um, So some of us from Spark joined in and others joined in. And we like to continue to use that as one of our tools in the toolbox. Um, as we try to understand and engage our faith, what is it like to, to open up your Bible and read it in the place? And what do we learn from that? And then how does understanding what it first meant to them change how we live today in that process? Which is also why we do the next thing, which is every year we've been holding our Passover Seder and continuing to care for the story of how God has set us free and how we have been set free in Jesus and how we can continue to understand uh, Jesus' last week and the last supper that he had with his disciples. We've had some conversations with many of you about what does it mean to continue to have a vibrant, real, meaningful faith in the midst of some of the tumult that we've had uh, in recent times. And one of the comments that was made by one of you is, what are the rituals and the traditions that we hold on to? Sometimes there are things within the context of our past church experience that we just can't do anymore or has been disrupted by a variety of uh, unfortunate uh, consequences. Um, But the question of can we still hold on to some rituals and traditions that are meaningful and powerful, and this is one of those, this um, 
event that constantly remembers our freedom. It retells the story that we have inherited a tradition that is about liberation and is about freedom, is about facing political powers and saying, no, this is not how you treat people. And to come out of that formulating a new substantive, very real faith that is far more transformative than the powers and subjugation that many of us have been under, which is very, very similar to how this story back then that we celebrate is still very similar to the stories that we still have to live even to this day. Right, how we live out the belief that we have a God of rescue and redemption who continues to rescue and redeem us today. And how do we live out a belief that we have a God that walks with us as we journey, um, as we leave our personal Egypts, um, and as we move through. And so we have a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ who care deeply about issues in this community. And we want to stand with them as they continue to express Um, their concern, their pain. And we, as followers of Jesus, are continuing to wrestle with all of that. How do we love the neighbor? How do we love ourselves? How do we love those who we perceive to be our enemies? How do we love the stranger and the orphan and the widow? In fact, recently I heard that the first Holy Trinity, which isn't true if you're a good Trinitarian, the first Holy Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, pre-existence before the portion of all of creation, right? Read John 1. But the first additional, the next Holy Trinity in the Bible is widow, orphan, and, and fatherless, right? Like the stranger, the widow, and the orphan. And I love that concept that there's this community that we're always going to be caring for and that this is deeply to the heart of Jesus. And as we see Jesus in his ministry, reaching out to people on the outside and bringing them closer and bringing them in, you've all been partners in how that's happened in our, in our midst. One of the reasons why we love this group is we have a team of people that are part of what we call the rescue team. And this group of people helps to bring the very best research, understanding, um, digging into a variety of organizations, finding out where does the money go, what kind of effectiveness do they actually have on the ground. And then this team, in partnership with uh, the board and, and the pastors, really works hard to take the tithe and the offerings that Spark wants to give out and to be good in this world and make sure that it's going to the places that's really having a wonderful effect. And um, this was one of those moments where they had vetted some organizations, DocuFund, National Bailout, uh, when we were talking about mass incarceration and the problems that still exist to this day. We had this group of people, this congregation, this body, this church was deeply engaged in how can we actually make a difference in the lives of very real people. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful expression. One of the things yeah. that we continued to love. I just like to note on that, like I, one of my favorite stories about what you all have done is that years ago when um, the uh, massive amounts of um, immigrants were coming across the Mediterranean Sea and we were seeing daily news of, of children whose bodies were being washed up, um, Spark responded by saying, we want to understand how to help. Do we go to Greece? Do we go to the island of Lesbos? What organization is there that we can help? And, and Stacy and Lauren, um, one of our board members and one of our students, went and investigated so that we could figure out where can we go? Where can we go serve? Who should we give to? What, what's our Jesus response? What's our gospel justice good news response to this? And they came back and said, honestly, there's not an organization on the ground that we feel comfortable giving to right now. And that is hard, but it's also so important to who we are at Spark that we want to make sure that we are giving to places where we can trust 
that the work that's being done is good for everybody involved. And, and I'm very deeply grateful that instead we found another way to give, and then through the partnership with World Vision and Questcope, you all made that huge impact and cared for the lives of all those, the least of these around us. Um, as we've talked with all of that, I'm just, I'm so deeply grateful for this, for this community. I don't know if you know this, but pastors don't typically make a lot of money. And um, that is great, but it also means that we don't have the capacity to do influence in terms of that financial way. But we now do to collectively as a body. You guys have done tremendous good work um, through your care and concern for the least of these. And we're so grateful for you living out that that reconciliation, that reconciliation value and rescue value of, we believe in a God of rescue and that God has made us agents of that rescue here on this earth. And two real tangible, beautiful expressions of that work are these two families right here, the Rahmanis and And the Mohammeds from Eritrea originally, who've been refugees for over a decade in, um, in Egypt um, as they fled the war from Eritrea. And just this morning, I was preaching at a church in Redwood City on how in Jesus we have a radical welcome. And, um, and my friend got up and said, as he introduced me, oh, this is not something that they just teach on. This is something that they do. And I hadn't really thought about it, but then I was like, oh, we did stay out till 10 o'clock last night making Ikea beds for this newly arrived family of seven with a whole group of you. And, and we are really actively trying to do this in Christ, a radical welcome. Um, both of these families are um, probably meeting Christians like all of you for the very first time. And for their first entrance into our American life to be that that people who represent the person of Jesus are coming and saying, you're welcome, and we love you, and we care about you, and we're going to continue to care about you, has been such a gift. And this is one of those gifts. You get to sit in a car (laughs) and have them dance for you. It's really fun for me, (laughs) because the last time I heard this kind of music, I was actually in Israel traveling through, you know, the West Bank. And I was listening to this music, but here they wanted to enculturate me. They wanted to get me to, as you can see, I'm not involved. I don't, I don't have those moves. You're known for your dance moves, honey. No, this is, there, there are some ways in which I can love people. Uh, this is not going to be one of them. It might actually detract from the, the good your and the dance love moves, yeah. that we are attempting to do. So uh, they've been a joy. It's been an absolute uh, joy to get to know them. And uh, uh, yes, for all of you who did chip in, it's just, you've it was donated, amazing. It was amazing. You've helped move. You've helped assemble furniture. You've loved. You've said hello when there's no common language. You've offered a smile. Some of our college students, the last time we were all together, you know, here is a, a beautiful young mom who's sitting there. She doesn't speak any English. And you guys just continued to smile. And you won the hearts of the children and ended up just jumped in the pool with all your clothes on because you didn't, hadn't prepared for the moment <laughs> and still loved these kids and this family. And you've done these great, beautiful things. And their story is that there's this church that loves Jesus that's, that's continuing to extend this welcome. And it's all possible because of all of the things that you've done to give and to show up. Also, over the past year, we've had an amazing uh, series of teachings by not only uh, Danielle and I, but our incredible teaching team, our pastoral team, to whom we are so grateful for. And there are a lot of comments that we uh, have received, um, and we're so thankful when you do give us feedback. 
One of the comments I wanted to share with you is that somebody was listening to one of Danielle's messages, and in this comment uh, this person made, I am now reinvigorated, re-excited to live out the way of Jesus. I never realized that living out the way of Jesus could actually be inspiring and life-giving. And as a result of these teachings, um, as a result of these series, uh, we've been seeing some very real fruit, some heart change, some mind change, and to set the grounding work for all of this stuff that we're doing. It's just been an incredible journey there. Uh, the other thing that we've really loved and really appreciated is this church has supported the bringing in of a variety of speakers. Um, not only have we engaged in outside speakers, but we had our very own Kelly Lloyd Gilbert and Lindsay Lackey, published authors, Woo-hoo! share about creativity and their work. So that was so much fun. Uh, we've talked about sex, fracturing, and forming American Christianity. I think it's testimony to the last six years, too, because when Rabbi Ari first came and visited us year one, he came to me afterwards and said, I have to teach your congregation how to ask questions. And I was like, oh, we can do that. We can teach our congregation to ask questions, right? Jesus asks questions all the time. We're permitted to ask those questions. And now we're done. We're good. We, we achieved, <laughs> no, keep asking more and more questions. We're really thankful for all of that. One of our favorite guests was uh, Justin Lee, um, so much so that we're inviting him back um, in, in a few months. We'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but the reason why we wanted to highlight Justin, and you can see that we've put all five values up there, is that Justin was one of those people that really expresses all of our values, this love, this, the reputation of God and how you, how you posture yourself, reconciliation, even though he is an LGBT advocate and he speaks very widely on LGBT issues and affirmation uh, and welcome, he's still in conversation and relationship with people who are non-affirming, trying to build those bridges. It's really this beautiful thing. His organization, not only through GCN, but as well as now through Nuance, has helped to rescue many, many people from uh, the plight and the, the hurt and the pain and um, the marginalization that LGBT peoples have to go through, um, bringing new life out of so much death and, and hurt and pain and Uh, the damage that the church has traditionally done. And so we're so thankful that you are the kind of church that welcomes Justin in to this particular space. Yeah, and I I think, you know, as we continue to talk through, each of these moments might have one value that's slightly more emphasized. It might be a reconciliation value over maybe... or in addition to the, the reputation value. Like when we invite Rabbi Ari, we're having a moment of both reconciliation between Jews and Christians and listening and walking with one another. But there's also a portion where we're extending again the reputation of God, where we're studying, we're learning. What did this text first mean? How did people live it out? But all of that's still marked by love, right? It's all marked by our need to be rescued from our prejudices. It's, it's marked by our need for new life in our faith and our way of Jesus. All of those moments um, we're continuing to see, and we're, we're grateful for the way that God moved this last year. And a little bit of a footnote to that, we're not stopping. We have Julie Lithcott-Hames coming in November. Um, Austin Channing Brown amazingly said yes to us in February. And then Justin, continuing that reconciliation and very rigorous uh, discussion, is going to be in conversation with uh, Preston Sprinkle. And if you want to know more about that, come and speak to us. We'll be announcing that uh, sometime soon. Uh, many of you have started groups or participating groups like our Crucial Conversations group led by the amazing Marilyn and Neokai and, and Silas is very much in charge of that group. And um, as those communities, as all of you, I think it's, um, it's very easy in our day and age to look at uh, diversity and say, well, isn't that pretty? And, and that's nice. 
But if you really want to do a radical welcome, then we're going to have messy, difficult, challenging, wonderful conversations together. And part of what Marilyn and Neokai and Silas and the rest of that group has done is they've created space where followers of Jesus can continue to reconcile and, and struggle and deal with all of the things um, that, that need to be talked about within the church, outside of the church, regarding racial reconciliation. And, and we're just deeply grateful that you guys are the kind of church where when you launch a group like that, not only one person shows up, right? But many show up and continue to have those beautiful conversations. And we'll continue to do that this year, um, particularly as we prepare for Austin Channing Brown's visit um, with us. Yeah. Throughout this year, many of you have been involved in small groups where there's a more intimate setting where you sit around a circle rather than in rows and you have wonderful community-building conversations. Uh, We're so thankful for all of you who open up your home on a regular basis uh, to host those conversations and welcome anybody and everybody into the conversation, uh, listening carefully and actually knowing one another. There's one small group that started off with no kids and now everybody's got kids and they've just been doing life together. Yeah, sometimes I call them the fertility clinic, but I probably, <laughs> I probably will strike that from the podcast and as well. And amazing but. that they that they still meet. I mean, I think yeah. we've talked about this before with those members of the small group, but so many times when you think about the things that the small group members have gone through just sort of accidentally and planned in all those wonderful ways, you would think they're going to stop meeting, but they still keep meeting together. They still keep pursuing Jesus together and, and loving one another in that family context. Yeah. What a show, gift that is. Show up and serve together. And then um, just some fun. We've had some community times, 4th of July. The swimming and shawarma is a wonderful expression where uh, Supan and Aisha came and actually made shawarma for us, if you remember that. That was an incredible uh, experience to allow him to serve us. And then, of course, Tom and Tammy's gutter of ice cream. Um, Those kinds of expressions are just truly wonderful and beautiful. So So. much ice cream. And, And again, these are these moments that I love that we're the church that doesn't just go, okay, We'll give to this newly arrived refugee family, but we're never going to sit down and have a meal with them. But instead, we all are continuing to find ways to share life together. And Eitz Chaim has also been a partner with us, providing donations and financial giving for a lot of these families that are showing up. And I told Rabbi Chaim this last week, I said, wouldn't it be cool if like 20 years from now, we throw this big picnic outside and 20 households show up from all over the world, connected and having a very real welcome from both Jews and Christians in this community what a testimony that is to the love of Jesus. And I'm, I just constantly am amazed by that. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, we even built community and Ikea beds last night, as mentioned. So for those of you who continue to love and show up or you gave and you dropped off the pillows and the comforters and covers and sheets, you are doing a good work. And Christine and I were pretending we were like an extreme home makeover last night. We're having a really good time, like setting up all the beds and getting it ready. And there will be more work to do. So if you are interested, please touch base with Christine (laughs) as she continues to prepare things for the families that are coming. And these two households, uh, we're going to continue just to be in relationship with this year. I don't think we're taking on another household to try to set up. Now it's going to be the work of just loving one another, making sure that, that people are figuring out how to get to school and all those good things. This is all possible because people like you serve. And every single week when you show up to set up and tear down the hospitality team that gives, the rescue team that gives, the prayer team that leads us in prayer, the worship team, the music team uh, that serves, Dave and his coffee, and the faithfulness of Tony every single week. This community exists because people like yourself contribute to this community. 
the group of us together is so much stronger than us individually. And for all of us to come together and to just to give a little bit to contribute is what really makes all of that happen. As a result, I want you to know that Tony is actually available if you happen to have an event. And he's been so faithful to us over these years. I wanted to make sure that you know. Hey, there he is. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. Wait, 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 wait. I know the exact day and moment that I met Tony. And it was right back there six years ago today, October 14th. We had just hired sort of accidentally a coffee cart. And Tony's sitting in the back. And we're chatting. I'm like, this is great. Thank you so much. It's our first Sunday. Isn't this fun? He's like, you know, you can invite me every week, right? And I was like, I'd never thought of that. I, could I invite you? And he's like, yeah, I think that was like, let's. That does sound like a good idea, coffee every week. And then, there you go, six years later, Tony's sort of the first official member of Spark. That's what we're telling you. (laughs) And uh, he was at the back, like, studying science and Hebrew. And I was like, oh, you are so built for this community. Like, we are are ready for this moment. And so, Tony, just thank you. You, Tony comes and serves here out of the goodness of his heart every weekend. And we love having you here. He's like the first welcome. He knows your drink order. He remembers your name. He's one of the faces of Spark, and we wouldn't be here without all of you. And, and Tony, we wouldn't be awake without you. So really grateful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. Love you so this is obviously just a snapshot. There are dozens of services that we've done, scores of songs that we've sung, hundreds of relationships that we've built, thousands of conversations that we've had, and there have been millions of meaningful moments um, throughout the life of this community, and we just wanted to thank you all. And one of those moments is this one right here. What do you want to be when you grow up? A girl pastor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, is that wonderful? Yeah, we have so fantastic. Um... A few weeks ago, somebody visited Spark for the very first time, and they came up to me afterwards, and they said, this is the first time I've ever heard a sermon preached from the perspective of a woman. And we were teaching a little bit about Miriam. And and I thought, oh, well, you should hang around Spark a little bit longer, because we'll do this again and again. But also, when Christine sent us this beautiful video of JJ, we, you guys, representation matters, right? And the fact that Spark started, because of all of you all, You've opted into this wonderful, beautiful experiment. But I was the first full-time employee at Spark. I was the first half-time employee. I was the first free employee and then the first half-time employee, first full-time employee at Spark. And uh, to know that the first pastor on staff was a female, to know that the first pastor paid staff was a female, and how we launch all of these things, you guys, this makes a difference. It makes a difference into the type of community we create. Um, all of our teaching team, each one of you, every person here, you have taken your hands and you've helped us mold and shape spark. And as a result now, the next generation coming up is the generation that's living out these beautiful values, these values of love, primarily this central value that God's love for us, that first God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. That Jesus is great love for us, that we declare when we say that beautiful commandment, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. That we are loved by God, that God loves us, that we are to love our neighbors. All of that then reaches out into it matters what we believe about God. The reputation of God in our community is deeply important to us. 
And how we live that out and how we proclaim the name of Jesus makes a difference. One of my, humbly speaking, my, one of my proudest moments is Spark. When, when Ari first preached that first year, I think it's called preaching when Rabbi Ari speaks. Um, when, when Rabbi Ari's preaching, he preached on why Eitz Chaim runs to Spark. And he's reading his whole thing. And then he just stopped in the middle and goes, you know what? I'm just going to tell you why. Because I know Danielle and I know Kevin and I see how they love. And I know that whoever comes here will love the way they loved. And I about fall off my chair because that's like what you're aiming for, right? As a Jesus follower, that I'm just super humbled. And by the way, we, we mess that up all the time. I'm just humbled that that's been our deep friendship and relationship with Ari. But I also love that he's a prophet. And he prophesied about each one of you that you would come here and you would love the way that Jesus loves. That is the best, most huge, giant, shining light example of, per, of the person of Jesus that we could ever ask for. Everything else is gravy at that point. That what we teach and how we live about the person of Jesus changes how Jesus is represented in this world. And they're going out from there. Then there's reputation and reconciliation, multi-faith reconciliation, racial reconciliation, not to diminish the important differences between all of us, but to recognize the commonalities as well. Um, And then to see God, a God of rescue who's rescued us, pushing into the world and starting to use us as agents of that rescue too. And all of that bringing forth to resurrection that in Christ, we have new life. We are new creations and that we are inviting everybody here in this room to continue to shine that light and invite everybody else to this new life available in the person of Jesus. We are so deeply grateful to each one of you for making this happen. So our our radical weird experiment with all of you six years ago continues, right? That we can be intergenerational, that the kids can have a main part, as well as all of us of all ages, that there will be a radical welcome where everyone is welcome, whether we agree or disagree. We all sit here and hold hands together, that we will learn and study together. We'll have conversations and questions, and we're going to continue to take the shape of each one of you who comes. As you put your hands on to spark, as you plant those olive trees out in the yard, as all that happens, we will take the shape of this community and see what Jesus is growing here. We're just thankful for all of that. So it's impossible to sum all this up, but we did an attempt and we'd like to show it to you now. I love this congregation. I don't know where all these amazing people came from and how we found each other. It feels very serendipitous. It feels very divine. But this is a congregation that values things deeply and lives them out in a way that I haven't really experienced in a previous church setting before. So Spark is a core values-driven church rather than a statement of faith-driven church because we would rather just, just talk about these things that we see in the life and person of Jesus. So our core values at Spark are love, reputation, reconciliation, rescue, and resurrection. Spark is so unique that for each person walking in the door, it's a pretty different experience um, because of where they're from. No one is going to walk in the front door and say, oh, it's just like my other church, ever, ever. No one's going to say it's familiar because it's not. I think so many people just get burned out by just serving, 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 and not tending to their inner self. And my hope for Spark is that it's just like a community of people who feel really, really well-loved. 
Before Spark, I served heavily in children's ministry there, um, did some singing ministry as well, and just really did get burnout. Spark has allowed me to come through that season of burnout and be better off on the other side, where now I want to serve again. Every single week when the children lead us in worship, that's my favorite moment, probably of my entire week. One of the great things about children's ministry and youth ministry, I believe, is that you belong before you ever believe. Adults come in as volunteers, believing that they're here to serve a purpose, they're here to, to raise these kids up. And often I see the opposite happening, where an adult's having a tough day, and the kids can just break that down somehow. I'm trying to figure out more of what the way of Jesus looks like. Reinterpreting what he was actually saying has transformed my perspective from a meek and mild Jesus to a very powerful, world-changing Jesus. First century Jewish practice was that study was the highest form of worship. So we ask first, what did it mean to them? And then from that, maybe we can extrapolate, well, what does this mean for me today? It's not just Bible verses, which is all important, but it's also getting a little bit deeper so that we can understand the culture, understand the history, and how this one story that maybe we're looking at on a Sunday fits into that big picture. I leave her not only with, wow, that was interesting, but I also feel more compelled to do something about it. I'm not actually looking to bring in a speaker to say, see, we believe and agree with everything that person says. We're bringing in a speaker because they have a perspective that might challenge us. They might actually make us a little bit uncomfortable. The funny thing about discomfort is it's also a great opportunity to learn more things about yourself, to learn more things about people, to learn more things about God. Spark was this place where I could come and feel really safe really held in question as much as I wanted. And there was no, like, this is the for sure answer. That's what I wanted. But it was more of this, like, container to hold my space of, let me wrestle with God. And here are safe people to do that with. Our church values the questioning, the conversation, the critical examination, and not so much the answer. The fact that there's a church willing to have those conversations is in itself so healing. Spark is a church that has a social conscience. When I think of Jesus, I think of radical love, compassion that pushes you to action. So some of the things Spark does in embracing our value of reconciliation, we participated in the multi-faith peace walk. We just simply believe that there's far too much that we have in common, such as peace. Spark meets at Congregation Italian, and we meet here because Rabbi Ari offered it to us. He's such a gift. To be connected with a synagogue feels very much like the first century. The values that we hold so dear are not just values that live on a website, are not just values that we write because they look good on a document. My ultimate hope really is that these values come to life. So there's really only one left 
thing to say, which is thank you. Thank you, thank all you. of you, you for allowing yeah. this community to be the kind of community that it is. We thank every single one of you for every moment mm -hmm. that you've contributed, for coming and participating, for having conversations, for welcoming people, for exemplifying these values of Jesus in very real and tangible ways, for challenging us, making us better, um, for loving and welcoming people. It's truly been an incredible experience, and thank all of you for it. If we had to sum it all up in one phrase, it's uh, the very fundamental. If you, if you ask anybody, or if anybody asks you, what is Spark all about? We're, we exist to inspire people to live in the way of Jesus, to l actually live this way out. Um, and we hope that that is what continues to come to life in what we do. So we have a little bit of an invitation. Our very short message for you is simply this. If you believe, don't believe, or are even uncertain about what you believe. If you find yourself wandering or at peace, hopeful or struggling, recovering or questioning, or all of the above, we want you to know that you are loved, you are welcome here, that Jesus is here with open arms, and that you are invited. And we invite you to simply join us as we continue to seek out how to live out this way in this world, a way that had so much relevance in the first century and has even more relevance now in the 21st century for all of the challenges that humanity is facing, for all the hopes and the expectations that humanity desires. The way of Jesus is the answer that we believe for all of that, and we hope that you will join us in that. So... If you aren't yet connected with us, you can connect online. Kevin's been working really hard on our new website, and it's all up. The video will be there, too, and uh, we hope you can join us, uh, connect with us, continue to participate, help, give, make this ministry work. Otherwise, it's just two weird people standing in a room by themselves on a Sunday afternoon, so it's just not as much fun. We already see each other the rest of the week. We would love yes. for you to just let, simply let us know that we would love to, you would like to be a part of this community. We have some new administrative tools that help us with communication, um, and especially with Emma, uh, working with the families and stuff, getting that information is going to be helpful for us. And if you have been checking us out and just trying to figure out what, what is going on, and you just like to let us know, hey, I'm just kind of visiting and checking, that's totally cool. Too. A couple shout-outs. Uh, Samantha Glenn. Is Sammy here? Where's Sa Sammy? There's Sammy. Sammy put that video together. So. so I just want to thank Sammy for all of her hard work. Uh, for those of you who spent some hours and hours and hours, and if, you, if any of you have ever done any video work, you know that every second of video is like an hour's worth of work. So she really put in a lot of time to that. So thank you, Sammy for that. A couple things. Um, we have some swag, and we would love for you to get that. We have sweatshirts and t-shirts that are on the back, and they are $17 a t-shirt, 42 for a sweatshirt. There is a, an iPad back there. Just type in your credit card and put in, I don't know, $5,000 and just give it and take a sweatshirt. Uh, no, you, you can see it's very simple and straightforward. If you need some help, I can be there to help you. Um, just a note that uh, all the proceeds, we don't make a profit off of the sale of swag. All the proceeds are going to go to help one of our partner organization, Shevedachim. So it's truly an, uh, an expression of all of our values there. And the swag's all eth ethnically, no, ethically sourced. That's it. They are? Yeah. No, ethically sourced. That's it. Recyclable. Good fire. Yeah, all of that. Are, no slave oh, labor. Dear Lord. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Got it? 
Yeah, yeah uh, there's some fun mugs back there if you want a mug. Uh, we don't have a lot. We just grabbed a few, but it's from an organization called Happy Givers, and they're benefiting. Um, it's a wonderful Christian organization benefiting people of Puerto Rico who are in um, need of continued assistance. And then there's PayPal at the back. So go grab those fun things. And Joy boxes are in the back and online, which is uh, obviously the resource way for how this community exists. So thank you once again, all of you. Our prayer team, I see Kristen Wilner are here, and of course, Helen, and I think I saw Felicia here as well. And they would love to pray with you and for you. This is a wonderful ministry, our community standing in that place for all of you. Tony is back there. I think he's still going to be there. Um, Danielle has added this slide in. We would love to uh, have coffee with you. We are the kind of pastors that want to be fully available. So if you want to take us out for take her out for coffee, take me out for Chinese food, um, we would love to do that and uh, just sit down and chat and and have a conversation. What's most important is right now we're going to end in prayer and you're just going to go party. You're going to stuff your face with tacos. You're going to continue with the hospitality, bounce on the house, pet some animals. Uh, with the petting zoo. (laughs) Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Spark, for being an amazing church. Uh, Father God, thank you. We bless you ultimately that we exist because of you, your love, because of your power and creation, because you reach down to rescue us from the muck and the mire and the injustice, because you have modeled what it is to reach out after the lost, the brokenhearted, the disenfranchised, you are the one to model for us what it's like to reconcile, to bring broken relationships back together again. And of course, you are the one that even though you went straight into death, rose again and overcame death in the grave. So in all of this, uh, Lord, our profession to you is that we, as your creatures, your children, made in your image and likeness, would simply be in flesh, what you already are in this world. May we, by your wisdom, by your power, by your spirit, live out the way of your son Jesus to the fullest extent that we can in this world. And may this world be saved over and over again, once again, because of you. All this we pray in your holy and very precious name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Go have a party.